0: Hey everyone! Leonard Kim
1: here and welcome back to another Thursday afternoon at 1pm and what we have today is a very special guest. Her name is Anna Slu... Sever- uh, S- how do
2: you say your last name Anna? Uh, it's slu S-
1: Anna slu is it's uh, so hard to say. I- I'm gonna call you Anna. Is that okay? Yeah,
2: that's totally fine. I know my last name is hard to pronounce
1: Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll get it one day. I promise you that. I'll I'll try my best. I'll go home tonight. I'll practice it 20 times over. Then I'll call you again and see if we have it right. (laughs) Well, the great thing about Anna is she has over seven years of experience in the marketing field. She's worked at different companies from Procter & Gamble, Adidas, Amway. Uh, Right now, she currently works in the law firm and she's located in New York City. She's out there trying to live her dream, living the big life, and trying to move ahead. One thing that Anna's been working on, um, how long have you been working on this? You've been working on building out your personal brand for...
2: Um, I would say when I moved to New York, um, I just started to be more active on social media. Mm -hmm. And um, at first I saw some following gain on Twitter, for example, but then it just stopped. And um, I wanted to, to understand better why it is happening and what can I improve.
1: Perfect. And what's your whole goal with building your personal brand? Are you doing it because you want a better job one day? Are you doing it because you want to run your own agency? What, what's the core reason you're going out there and doing
2: this? I still have two reasons. My long-term reason is um, one day I really want to open my own uh, marketing agency or a small boutique marketing agency. And I believe um, when I do this, um, it's great to have a personal brand that I can leverage to gain clients, to tell the world what I'm doing and how can I help uh, people and firms Improve their marketing, and um, my short-term goal um, as part of my responsibilities and current uh, at my current job, um, I'm often asked how um, our attorneys can improve their personal brands online. And um, although there are plenty of resources, speak uh, with someone like you who has um, tons of experience, and um, to understand better what works and what doesn't work. Um, with social media
1: it's pretty interesting when you look at it from the lawyer's perspective right you go on to uh you go into google you type in law firm and then you have all these different choices and you don't really know which one to pick
2: yeah that's true and sometimes uh the decisive the main factor can be um what can you find about the person right away mm-hmm. um Online um, accounts um, do um, help gain weight in the decision-making. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's important for, for everyone actually to have um, a good, solid representation online.
1: Yeah, I mean, just to go through what I would do if I was looking for a business attorney, for example, I'd probably type in business attorney on Google. I'd probably see 10 results on the first page. Other websites would kind of look identical. I might look at a few partners, and i randomly pick a few people to make phone calls with, and it's kind of a hit and miss, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's really lots of better ways to do that. And we'll go over some of those tactics later. But first let's really talk about you. So you've been going out there. You've done marketing for over seven years. You've worked at some of these big companies. You've gained a lot of life experience and also a lot of specialized marketing experience both in uh, the uh, consumer markets here in the United States all the way across overseas, right?
2: Yeah, I lived and worked in three countries.
1: Yeah, and with that uh, unique experience, it gives you such a unique perspective on how to do things, and also at the same time, you've racked up a lot of experience. Seven years in your profession, that means you're probably extremely good at what you do. The biggest problem is not many people know about that, right?
2: Yeah. I, would so, have, I mean, yeah, I definitely would love to uh, expand my um, social presence.
1: So that's a great thing to do, that you know that there's something that you really need to do, and throughout this entire call, we'll walk you through exactly how to do that. So from before this call, what you did is you sent me three profiles that you have. You have your LinkedIn, you have your Twitter, and your Quora, right?
2: Yes. These are my main profiles that I use more often than others.
1: Mm Hmm. uh, Just for anyone who's listening to this show (laughs) show today, Anna's Twitter profile says, Pursuing my dreams in New York City, tech-savvy marketer. I also enjoy playing volleyball, organizing events, and reading. In the past, she worked at Procter Gamble, Adidas, and Amway. Pretty good profile, right? Then um, if we go over to her LinkedIn, uh, she's a marketing professional with global and regional experience with an MS in uh, electrical engineering and an MA in international business very educated, works with a has a lot of credibility there. And if you read their profile, it says marketing professional with an engineering background. Not many people have that. And over 70 years of experience building and growing brands for both Fortune 500 and early stage companies across three countries. That gives you that unique, diverse experience. And then, let's see, the other profile you sent me was your Quora. And on your Quora, right here, This thing says, A Curious Mind, marketing an international business professional with experience in developing an executive brand strategy for both Fortune 500 and early-stage startup companies in the U.S. and Europe. In my free time, I organize social, cultural, and networking activities for a global expatriate community, helping people to adapt to a new culture, meet friends, and build a network. Just by reading those profiles, we see that you have a unique and diverse set of experience and you're kind of fragmenting different parts of yourself onto these different profiles, right? hmm Twitter's got a little bit of a mix of both, talking about your work but also what you love to do. Your LinkedIn is extremely professional and your Quora's got a little bit more of what you're kind of like inspiring to do and a little bit of your creative side.
2: So Yeah, if we, exactly. You're, you're right.
1: Yeah, so if we, like, take a step back for a moment and we take, think things through real fast, you're a creative person, you have a unique set of interests, which, um, <clears throat> and you have a lot of experience. When you combine those three elements together, you just become so much more meaningful to the people that you're communicating with, whether it's in, <clears throat> on Twitter, LinkedIn, or um, Quora, or any other website that people could actually visit you on. Um, One of the things that I look at when I look at all these three profiles is you're missing your own home, per se. Uh, What I would recommend as the very first thing to do is purchase your name as a website, and when Mm -hmm. you purchase your name as a website, the website's your only thing that you're ever going to actually own. Twitter may be here one day, gone the next. Quora may be here one day, gone the next. Same with LinkedIn. Um, I've seen so many people who've created content on like platforms like Vine and stuff, and then, you know, a few years ago that shut down, and then they had to restart from scratch. If you have your website, that very foundation will be able to be the only thing that you own. So that would be step one. Yeah. Yeah. Once you establish your website, uh, you kind you kind of have to work through uh, what I go. I have a four phase process where we go through four V's: one's vision, two's voice, three's volume, and four's validation. In the uh, vision phase, what we do is we outline your goals, one day aspire to own an agency, and uh, your immediate goals with your clients that you're working with or with the uh, attorneys that you're working with now. And then we put down uh, a lot of your prior life experience too. Uh, out of curiosity, for the big companies that you work for, like Amway, Procter and Gamble, and everywhere Adidas, were you under like NDA with any of those companies where there was like something that you couldn't share with them?
2: No, no, no? I wasn't.
1: Okay, that's perfect. So um, one, so one of the first things that you really want to do is talk about how you got to where you are today from where you started, from when you were born, um, <clears throat> being raised with your parents, living in the country you were in and things like that. Usually what I do with my clients is I sit with them one-on-one or I go on to a recorded call and I ask them, so tell me exactly how you got to where you are today and start from your early childhood. And sometimes I'll ask guiding questions like, what happened there, can you expand upon that? And then within that hour, what ends up happening is you have an entire story of your life with a lot of key significant moments, like maybe meeting your first pet, meeting a significant other, maybe making a life-changing decision, like moving to New York. Like when you have all this information, you have a lot of data there that can really connect with people. As a marketer yourself, you can see the importance of making those human connections, Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, What other people are looking to do is they're looking to relate to you in any way possible, possible. whether that's a band of empathy, whether that's uh, seeing themselves in you, whether that's um, experiencing similar life experiences that you've had in the past or even looking at your work experience and being amazed at how you handled certain situations. What people really want to know is who you are and how you got to where you are, but mostly they're looking for that who. So many people say, discover your why, go out there and find your passions and stuff like that. And it's great advice, but then it's really lacking because you're not able to discover that who. When you discover who you are and you display that to others in the world, and you get that bio and you or you get that transcript for uh, that conversation that you have, and you turn it into a bio, People are able just to see where you are now. They're able to see how you got there, what your personality traits are, what your values are, your ethics, what you like to do, and they get to find this common ground and bridge that gap between Anna, who's just another Twitter handle, to Anna, who's a real-life person who I could deeply connect with.
2: Okay, and um, once I do this, should I expand it back to my social media profiles or should I leave? them as they are now and focus on the website? So
1: with the uh, bio, if you're doing an hour call, your bio is going to end up being pretty long. It's going to be about 2,000 to 3,000 words. That much content only fits onto your website because everything else has a character limit. Uh, The uh, thing you can do though is you could take sections of that longer bio and shrink it down and compress it even more. And then you can highlight certain areas that might be more business related for your LinkedIn, but keeping a little bit of a personal touch to it. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. uh, for your core, leaving out a little bit of your, a little bit about the business and focusing a little more on the personal. And for Twitter, your Twitter looks pretty good right now. Um, so maybe some minor tweaks with your Twitter. And then. Um, <clears throat> so once you do all that, then you'll kind of have your positioning down. Uh, Another thing that you kind of really need in that positioning phase when it comes to a website, if you're going to be creating articles, doing videos and making other content in the future, you're going to have to have a plethora of pictures because your homepage needs an image, your uh, little cover photo or your bios need a different image, your uh, articles need a different image. You can always use stock images. but for your own personal website, there should be at least 4 or 5 different pictures of yourself doing some of the the, the things that you love. Like on my personal website, there's a picture of me eating a cupcake. And when you have all these different pictures, it kind of gives people a sense for your personality and sees you for who you truly are. And you can switch those out for like your cover photo on like your uh, Twitter. I mean, right now it looks great because you have 3 pictures of there of places that you've been. But if you were in those pictures too, it would just be a little bit more compelling, like you enjoying yourself and having a great time. Maybe playing ba- volleyball. Okay. Uh, it's and about time. Should... For... Mm-hmm. Go on.
2: Uh-huh. I wanted to ask so, and once I do this with the website, I should use social media to drive people to my website. And how, how can I do this? What's the best way to do this?
1: That's an amazing question, and we're about to hop off to a commercial break, but right after that commercial break, I'll be able to answer those questions for you. If anyone wants to follow Anna, her uh, Twitter handle is A-N-N-A-S-L-Y-U. And you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim, and we'll be back after this commercial break. channel
0: now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take voice america on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market we don't follow we lead. join us the
1: voice america influencers channel
0: This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone,
1: Leonard Kim here with Anna. We've been discussing personal branding over the break. Anna had a great question. Uh, Do you want to repeat that question real quickly?
2: Yeah, sure. I wanted to know, um, I was a little bit surprised that websites are still relevant because there are so many things online and I thought uh, people don't really do websites anymore. Um, So yeah, my question was uh, how relevant it is and um, how... um, how important is this, like how crucial it is to have own websites?
1: Sure, that's a wonderful question. And <clears throat> if you think about it, so many people have different websites. There's new ones popping up every day. It sounds convoluted. And you're like, okay, if I go and work the search engines, is my, is my website even going to be seen? If I go and do X, Y, and Z, is it even worth it? And it's a common thought that a lot of people have. But now let's step back out of that. Process And let's like look at it like maybe your Twitter handle or maybe your LinkedIn or maybe your Quora. You're so limited with the functionality of what you can do on those sites. When you have your own website, one, you own it. This is your property and it's all fully controlled by you. Two, uh, you get to choose exactly what's on that website. You can make a page specifically so people can hire you. You can make a page specifically for your bio. You can make a page specifically for the content you're generating. You can make a page specifically to highlight all the media features, all the travel, or whatever it is that you're doing, you have different pages on there that are specifically yours. When people Google your name, that website comes up too. So there are key benefits, and then, uh, if you, that's if you strip out like search engine optimization and all that. Those are the core elements that you have uh, that work in your benefit, but there's other tangible benefits that we'll come into later. Uh, before we hopped on to break, you asked about directing traffic to your website, correct? Yes. Okay, that's where social media platforms like LinkedIn, Quora, and Twitter, the ones that you're using come into play. So, I've seen on your Quora, you've been answering a few questions, and then on your LinkedIn, you wrote about two different articles, right?
2: Yeah, I have a few more, but way back in the publication section.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, uh, on the Quora answers, what I see you're doing is you're kind of answering those questions directly, and like if someone's like, what is A, B, Z? You're telling them A, B, Z is this, this, and this, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Very direct. And then when I look at your LinkedIn profile, you're kind of going into more depth. You're writing about 500 words, and you're giving a clear explanation of what something is based off of of a topic that you thought of. Um, So the good thing is you know how to create content, um, but there's something I – In order to guide people to your website, I'll walk you through the process of what happens. The first thing people are going to do is they're going to see that content you're creating. That could be a tweet, that could be a core answer, that could be a LinkedIn post. Now, if someone reads one of those things, watches a video or whatever you're creating, they're going to be like, okay, this was great, and move on with their day, or they're going to be like, huh, this is pretty interesting, I wonder who wrote this. And if they're falling into that second scenario, what they're going to do is they're going to click back to your profile page and learn a little bit more of who you are. And then once they're on that page, they're going to read your LinkedIn bio, your Quora bio, your Twitter bio, whichever page they're on. And if that's interesting to them, what they're going to do is they're going to click onto your website and then read your actual bio about who you are. So that's how you guide traffic back to your website.
2: And what are the main pages on the website that, um, like, everyone should have? Are there any specific pages that absolutely necessary?
1: The absolutely necessary pages are the about page, which is your bio, who, which explains exactly who you are. If you want to, you could either have a work page or you could link off to a company web page. But you have to have something that kind of talks about the services that you offer and the ways for you to make money. And then you should Mm -hmm. also have a repository for people or for creating content, whether that's a blog section or something like that. Um, some optional sections that you could think about uh, pursuing later would be like a media room where you can place all the media features that you've been in or you could have like some creative space. Or But the absolute necessary is the how do you get paid, what do you do or who you are, and uh, the content you're creating.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and um, in terms of the content, what's the best? Um, like is there any... Uh, particular form of the content that, that is very popular now, or very popular, let's say, on Twitter, such as video or articles, or uh, should I choose based on my personal preference?
1: So, uh, the, I'll, I'll talk about that, and what we're moving into now is the voice section. The voice okay. section is your mm-hmm. content creation, and... Let's say you're absolutely horrible at video. Once you turn on the camera, you're just crashing and it's not working. Video might not be the right thing to do. But if you're doing great at it and you're doing it phenomenally in front of the camera, then video should be the thing to do because visual video usually does better than writing. But if it's too hard to do, then it's something that you kind of skip. <clears throat> um, in regards to what kind of message you're creating, you should always start with the story, then get into the details. So let's use Quora, for example. I, I like Quora because when someone asks a question and I see a question there, what it does is it triggers something inside me to want to answer it and provide an uh, answer. And I, I think it kind of does the same thing to, for you because you've answered a few questions lately too, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So let's say a question comes... Um, across your feed and let's say it's like, um, why are some people more inclined to be night owls and some to be larks, right? Yeah. Um, good right good here,
2: question I answered.
1: yeah, it is. Uh, in this question, I see that you put about four to five sentences there. Uh, Mm -hmm. What what I want to do is I want to challenge you to take things outside the box a little bit. Imagine you were to write an article. I don't know what your most common length is. I usually do 2,000 words, but I hear the golden standards 500 for most people. So, um, one, you have to figure out which uh, length you're comfortable with. For me, I could write 2,000 words in like an hour or two for you. If it takes you like 12 hours, maybe 500 words is a little better. Does that kind of make sense?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, it is.
1: Um, but you want to stay at a bare minimum of 500. You don't want to create any content that's shorter than that when you're creating like articles and things like that. But I would challenge you to, instead of thinking of what's the direct answer, to think of something that can fill up those 500 words. And maybe start with a story. So why are some people more inclined to be night owls and some to be larks? Before I get into answering this question, let me talk about back when I was 18 years old. When I was 18 years old and I was just finishing college, I wanted to go out. Uh, out every night and stay out till four It became something that was a regular part of my lifestyle and then like if you're starting it like a story then you could add in like resources research that you did other examples and things like that to make it a little bit more compelling but you're pulling people in by using your first-hand experience first
2: yeah that's an amazing point because actually i prefer to read um, articles that have stories in it, uh, I should probably write answers in, in this way as well.
1: Yeah, and let's flip it around. You had another question. What's the difference between brand managers and something else? What if you started something like this? Back when I was working over at Adidas, I was a brand X on a campaign, and what my duties were was this, this, and this. Eventually when I moved into a different career at, uh, let's say, Procter & Gamble, I, I had to do this and this and this for my role. As time went by, I started to see that even though the position sounded very similar, there were some unique differences. Some people I worked with, including X, Y, Z, when they did their duties, they were more like this, and it was more aligned to that. Now, and then like, when you're starting to tell that story, like people are able to, one, better understand uh, the uh, answer the, to the question a little bit better, but two, it's also displaying your expertise from your firsthand experience. Yeah, it
2: sounds yeah, that's a great point.
1: And let's say, for example, you even discuss maybe an advertising campaign that you were on and you start to describe the experience of what it was like on that uh, advertising campaign. What you're doing right there is you're selling your credibility as a marketer because you're talking about what you did, what kind of results you got, how that worked, your thought process behind it. So when people go, you know what? Maybe, Anna, three years from now, when she opens up her marketing agency, I'm getting her experience and her thought process right here so I understand how she works. She really does know her stuff. That seven years of experience really did pay off. And by just describing what you did, you're selling your expertise. Does that make sense? Yeah.
2: Yeah, this makes total sense. And um it's very interesting to hear it from you because when I really when I read someone's articles, I usually pay attention to those that start with a catchy story and I get involved in it and I continue reading and somehow I just didn't apply it to my own um answers and articles. So I was just straight to the point explaining um about certain things.
1: Yeah, it's kind of interesting, right? We read it, we know what we resonate with, but sometimes we just overlook it. I mean, I used to do it all the time, too, so it's just like some common behavior that just happens. But the funny thing is, like, everyone knows exactly what to do. They just don't know uh, what order to do it in, and sometimes they just overlook things. It's kind of funny how that works. Yeah. But now, let, let's let use your, because you look, work at a law firm and you're looking to grow the social media and the presiden- presiden- presidences of your uh, attorneys, how how would they go about doing this? So when they're writing, does your uh, law firm have a blog?
2: Uh, we have a website with a publication section in it mm-hmm. um, that works as a blog. Um, yeah, we have okay. tons of articles and then... Attorneys also. I try to encourage attorneys to publish these articles um, via LinkedIn Pulse on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this is basically what what they're doing to maintain their LinkedIn profiles.
1: Uh, is it very uh, technical, very dry, very attorney-like?
2: it depends. Each person has. Um, his or her own style, and it depends also on the nature of the articles. Some articles um, are directed towards other lawyers, and yes, they are more technical. Some articles directed to the general audience that just help entrepreneurs and uh, small businesses to understand better intellectual property. And these are more engaging in, in a general sense.
1: Uh, do they do they just go over facts, or do they use like real life examples?
2: they use examples but um, again your your point is absolutely great because not many of them use personal stories um, that might add a little personality to otherwise um, dry article and um, yeah I will actually after our conversation I will go and take a look how we can improve um, in this regard
1: now uh- for an attorney, it's a little bit different because there's a non-disclosure agreements that they have between their client. However, the attorney could still talk about their thought process, how they made a decision, what, how they came to that conclusion. And they can talk about like their internal feelings without mentioning the client too, to kind of get around that. So that's another thing to really think about. You just don't want to name the client outright or that something could potentially cause a problem. Yeah, that's true. Um, another thing is sometimes if you mix the personal story with the business story it becomes even a lot more powerful like when I woke up in the morning, I sat with my dog, and we, we played around for about five minutes. Then I headed to the office and did this. Like, if someone's reading that and they love dogs, then you grow a closer affinity for the person who's writing the uh, piece, too. And it doesn't just have to be a dog. It could be family, children, or whatever it is, right? If, if you're displaying and showing more pieces of who you are, that comes across, and people are able to resonate with that a lot more. Yeah. Um, the, the next thing is really getting the content out there so, so more people can see it. One thing you've been doing with your attorneys is you've been taking those articles that are on the publication part of your uh, company's website and you've been putting it onto LinkedIn. And that's a really great thing to do, but you could take it even further. If you look at every single article that's ever created, if you take a step back and really look at the why that article was created, it was intended to answer a question. And what you could do is you could take that same piece of content and people who visit your website, you're kind of getting those visitors from search engine optimization. But then when you put it onto LinkedIn, you get your first degree and second degree and sometimes third degree connections to see what you're creating too. When you put that content onto LinkedIn or Quora, you get people who follow Mm -hmm. those question topics, and those people are able to see that content too. Then you could use Medium and all these other platforms too. Now, there's a way that you could even take that content even further. There's tools out there that let you reformat text content into video format and then, what you could do is um, you just drag and drop the article into, uh, you drop, drop the URL into this uh, code thing. And then, what it does is it strips out what it thinks is the best part of the article, attaches stock images to it, and kind of tells a story. I'm sure if you've used Facebook lately and you've seen those things with like five words on each page and it's like a one minute video and it flips slide to slide to slide. Have you seen this?
2: Um, no, not on Facebook, but I believe I came across one of these tools and I, um, I, I tried one of my articles. Um,
1: yeah, um, with, with a tool like that, what you could do is if you create something unique, you could, one, put it back into the article for LinkedIn, you could put it back into the article for Quora, on the one on Medium, the one on your website. But at the same time, you could go to your own Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and you could publish the video by itself. So you're taking that one piece of content and you're disseminating it into like seven or eight different directions so you could reach more people. Then also on top of that, another way to get more volume is each platform has an advertising tool, which I'm sure you're familiar with. You could mm-hmm. boost that to your targeted audience.
2: Yeah, we do this sometimes as well. And I have a follow up question. Um, remember, you mentioned that each article answers a certain question? Mm-hmm. And um, is there a tool to figure out, let's say, let, let, let's take any general article, what you need to know about intellectual property? Um, and is there a tool that can help you to? Find um, most popular questions. I, I know that um, Google has one. Um, are there any other tools that um, what I, I like can to use?
1: To... Is a tool called Buzzsumo. mm mm-hmm. So that tool doesn't specifically tell you what questions are being asked the most. It tells you what kind of content uh, does better than others. So, like, let's say you're di- directly wanting to write about intellectual property, um, which is a uh, not super popular topic. It shows you how many pieces of content was written like that, how much it was shared, and things like that. And then, mm-hmm. Oh, um, that's great. You can see how other people make their headliners. You can see how other people are creating their content. So it kind of gives you ideas on how you could create your piece around intellectual property.
2: Okay, and um, maybe maybe it's a general question, but um, what is your recommendation? How long does it take to build a personal brand, let's say starting from um, building a website um, or gaining a certain number of followers? Is there any um, timeline um, that... Um, like for example i want to gain 100000 followers so on twitter mm-hmm. um what's uh, like how feasible it is and what would be what, what can you tell me how many how much time i should spend in order to do this
1: Okay, so for building the website, this could either take you one to three days or it could take you months. If you use a simple website builder like Squarespace or uh, Shopify or something like that, you can have your website built extremely quickly. However, on the other end, if you build a WordPress site and you're like, I'm going to go and do this myself and you don't know how to program or anything, then you could run into a lot of snags, mess up have to go hire someone, maybe um, go and shop around. That could take months. So it really depends Mm -hmm. on what your level of experience is and how much money you have to hire for help or if you want to use the do-it-yourself tool. In regards to how long it takes to build your personal brand, um, let's hop off to a commercial break, and I'll answer that for you when we get back. Uh, Where can people find you on Twitter again?
2: Um, at um, A-N-N-A-S-L-Y-U
1: Perfect, and you can find me at Mr. Lighter Kim, and we'll be back after this commercial break.
0: Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune in to Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age. From relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time. On the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1 472 5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey,
1: everyone. Leonard... Oh, I forgot my last name. Leonard Kim here, back with Anna. Look, I forget. I can't pronounce your last name, and I can't pronounce mine either. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So we're back, and then um, before we left off, Anna asked a question, and that question was how long it's going to take to get 100,000 followers, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's a pretty big chunk to do. If you really think about it, uh, it's... uh it's extremely hard to get 100,000 people to really believe in what you're doing. It's pretty hard, like, probably to even convince your parents to want to do something or even a friend to go on a trip with you. And then getting 100,000 people, when you put that into perspective, it's it's a little difficult to make that many friends. Uh, one of the things to go out there and make get, generate 100,000 followers is... You're, you're at about 3,000 right now, and to go out there and get to 100,000, you're kind of looking for a time frame on how soon you can do it. Uh, realistically, if you kept doing what you were doing before we hopped on this call, you would probably be at 4,000 to 5,000 by the end of the year. Um, if you're implementing mm-hmm. some of the things that we're talking about the, on the call, you might be able to jump up to like seven to 9,000 by the end of the year. But there's one thing that really helps propel this thing even further. Kind of like how you reached out to me by email, uh, what social media is all about is we're not in some boardroom office where we're preaching from the uh, pedestal. Instead, what we are, it's... It's good to think about it like recess or lunchtime at school. It's a community. It's our ability to go out there and connect with others. If you see a great piece of content, tell people how it touched you. Tell people what it meant to you. Start building those relationships, commenting on other people's stuff, letting them know that you appreciate what they're doing, going to find new people who are creating content, and going out there and creating your own content where people are going and consuming that, and then you're creating these relationships with others. Uh, The more vulnerable you get with your content, the more personable you get with your stories, the deeper and darker secrets that you share, the faster and faster and faster everything's going to grow. Like, for example, if you're just talking about going to uh, walks on the park with your dog, uh, it's going to grow pretty well, but then if you want to put it onto fire and you want to grow extremely fast, you'll talk about, like, your heartbreaks, the time that you were crying in your room when you thought that your business wasn't going to make it, when you thought you were going to get fired, when you had trouble learning a new something like that, the, um, the more, uh, the more uh, drama or, uh, I don't know, the more emotions that's in the story, the more quicker you're going to do everything. But you have to be connecting and talking to other people, too. Um, one of the things that I do to fast track this is... If someone's out there and they're clicking like on your content, they're uploading it, they're they're leaving a comment, or they're engaging in your content in some way, shape, or form, what I usually do is I'll, I'll engage with them back. I'll follow them. I'm like, oh, you appreciate me here. Let me appreciate you. Let me start the connection and go, hey, and say hi and say thank you. Um, and once you start engaging with others and a lot of people look at social media like a tool, but then if you kind of flip that filter and think about it as real life, it's not followers, but it's like friends and it's a community that you're building. You're able to grow much faster. If you do that by the end of the year, you could be at 15,000. And by the end of next year, you could be at about 75,000. Then maybe half a year later, you could probably hit that hundred thousand mark.
2: How long uh, did it take you to get where you are now? I saw that you are very active on Twitter. How long did it take you?
1: So I started out first on Quora and um, six months I had two million reads on my content and 34 300 followers. I started with three followers. Uh, By a year, I had 10,000 followers. By a year and a half, I had 20,000 followers, but I just made that my life. I posted every single day, and I kind of was consumed by it. Uh, Since I already had so many people who read my content already, when I moved over to Twitter and I started producing content, within, I think, a year and a half, I built up 35,000 followers from, like I don't know, two Three? I don't know. I think I built a new account from scratch. Then, um, and the next year I hit a hundred thousand. So two and a half years, I guess.
2: Wow, that, that's very impressive.
1: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> like I don't know, it just happened. <laughs> um, and I last, have a um, as time goes by, like let's say you go out there and you're creating content, people are going to reach out to you, you're going to get interviewed for other stuff and when you start getting interviewed for other stuff, that's when it starts to get uh, a lot quicker and a lot more momentum.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, um, and my last question, I know that each each social media platform has its own purpose, but what's the favorite platform for you? Which platform would you recommend to start with or to spend more time on um, compared to others?
1: The easiest two platforms to use right now is going to be Quora. Uh, one, because it gives you a question already, so you don't have to think, oh, when am I going to create, which is... Basically, the hardest part of making content, when you have questions in front of you, it's so much easier to answer them. And um, you can follow people quickly. There's um, not that many uh, layers that you really have to go through for the content. Like for LinkedIn, you have to send a connection request, you have to type in the message and all this crazy stuff. Um, the second easiest is probably Twitter because it's even simpler and there's so many less tools that bog you down. I think the more advanced and technical the platform is, the more tools there are that make it a little bit harder to grow.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what about Instagram? Is it worthwhile to make it um, public, to use it actively, um, or um, for from professional professional point of view, is it better to focus on um, Twitter and LinkedIn?
1: Well, that's a question that you really have to think about because when you build your agency, do you want people who are in their 30s and under to really work with you, or do you want people who are um, above 30 and probably in upper management making decisions to hire your agency? It depends on what audience you really want to cater to. Mm-hmm. Um, Because every single platform has a different demographic. Snapchat, you're looking at 17 and under. Instagram, you're looking at um, maybe 34 and under. Uh, Facebook skews older. Twitter skews older. So it really depends on where your audience is.
2: Okay. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. So, uh, the last phase of all that is once you go out there and create content, people are going to recognize it, they're going to comment on it, they're going to invite you t- for interviews. Um, if you do this well, you could end up on TV, getting media features in big places, and things like that. Like, I don't know, in 2017, I had like 200 media features, and I'm like, I didn't even know I was doing anything. Uh, Well, how am I in all these places? So all that kind of just compiles over time. Um, And you kind of get a lot of compounding effects because the more articles you have, the more they get pushed out, the more they get seen. Because search engines, um, Quora pushes it back out and things like that. So you kind of have a compounding effect with everything. Um, What's your thoughts on all this?
2: Well, uh, yeah, I had... I got so many great ideas from you. I'm actually, and I really got inspired to uh, start building my own own website quickly. Especially when you mentioned your results, I realized I have to do so much more. (laughs) I'm not doing (laughs) enough. So the
1: good thing is, oh, go on.
2: No, so I'm just. I need some time to think about this. To start over, not start over, to redo my content strategy in terms of how I write things, Um, just be, let's say, more creative and um, express myself more freely, not just in a dry way, Um, here's X, Y, Z you need to do.
1: Well, the good thing is you can set your own pace because... You've been at a few different jobs. Uh, those jobs didn't define you because you moved to a new job, right? But um, what happens with your personal brand is that sticks with you for as long as you live. So if you live to 100, that's going to be for the next not really long time of your life, right? and that kind of just follows you around. It doesn't matter if you invest two hours now, 10 hours now, 100 hours now. As long as you're building it up, as time goes by, it's just going to continue to grow more and more and more. Like me, five years ago, I would have been like, there's no way I'd ever be here, but somehow it happened, and I guess that's cool and everything. I'm really appreciative of it because I met my wife. I um, have this cool apartment I don't know how to pay for, and all this other great stuff, this book deal, Uh, Coming out with a book called Dits the Act, Reveal the Surprising Power of the Real You for Greater Success in October, and all this other great stuff. Um, On a scale of like 1 to 10, 10 being, uh, I guess, pretty good, and 1 being, oh, Leonard, your information kind of sucks. How would you rate uh, your takeaways from this call today?
2: Yeah, I would definitely give it 10. Because it's cool. very specific, it's, uh, yeah, you, you gave concrete examples based on my articles, my profile. It's very helpful. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh, anytime. And thank you for, thank you for like, letting me look over everything so I could see what you could really do to improve, because um, usually we all know what to do, right? We just don't know, uh, we just don't have anyone to really look at what we're doing to kind of guide us into the right direction so we could do better.
2: Yeah, having it back is so important, especially from someone who has done it, um, who has done it himself.
1: Yeah, and I, I think I think the whole thing is whenever you're creating something, just think about what would I want to read, not what do I want to get out there. If you think about what would I want to read, chances are what you're reading is popular content and other people are reading it, too. So if you're thinking, what do I want to read instead of what I want to put out there, you kind of flip it around so, you know, things work better. Yeah. Yeah, so you have a lot of homework to do, a lot of things to do. <laughs> um, one one thing I want to do, though, is I have a personal branding course. It's called "Grow uh, Ignite Your Personal Brand, and it usually costs about $2,600, but... Um, Because you're going to go out there and build your personal brand, I'm going to give that to you for free so you could go out there and have all the tools that you need to go out there and build everything. And as you go and progress with things and build your website, make your bio and things like that, I want you to send it to me so I can look it over and see if there's anything I can do to help you improve it. Is that cool?
2: Wow, thank you so much.
1: Oh, any time. Um, all that I ask is when october comes around, you just, um, you know, uh, when the book comes out and there's um, any help I need, if there's anything that you could think of doing to possibly help, I'd just appreciate it.
2: Sure. Definitely, you can count on me. <laughs>
1: Sounds good. Um, Was there any other final thoughts that you had before we closed out? Anything that you wanted to say to the audience? Anything you wanted to get off your chest or any exciting things that's happened in your life?
2: Um, No, not really. I just wanted to thank you once again um, for helping me out and for giving me so many great ideas how to improve. I have a big to-do list, (laughs) so thank you. Uh
1: Awesome. Perfect. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on to the show today, Anna. If you ever need anything, my email—you have that. Just feel free to reach out at any time. And after this show, I'll we'll make sure you get that course. For anyone who's listening to the show, you could always check out the course at ignite your personal brand. Just type it in Google, and um, we'll find it somehow. Google is magical like that. Um, at ditchtheact.com, we're going to be building out the website for the book. Uh, when pre-launches come, we're still finalizing out of the cover and doing all these last final tweaks, but that will be, that'll be out in October so you can have everything you need to really go out there and build your personal brand. And if you always want to find me, you could always stop by Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter or something and say hi. And once again, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree and we'll see everyone next week.
0: Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.